Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small, in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the B2B Incubator and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching at the end of May, 2024. Remember, the B2B Incubator, apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand generals, content leads, and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategies that they've created. Some are now even contributing as much as 80% of the pipeline to their business after working through it. Make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Hey, I know you're probably driving or running or cleaning the house or doing something else when you're listening to this, but look, if you're a B2B marketer and you need to start generating revenue from your marketing, then you have to check out our 12-week program, the B2B Incubator. It's built for small in-house B2B marketing teams with limited time and budget. We give you the strategy, the templates, and the tools to start driving revenue, not just leads. So if you're ready to act on all the advice Kevin and I give you, next time you take that first sip of coffee in the morning, make sure you head to the b2bincubator.com and apply now. There's only 10 spots available per cohort with our next one launching in February 2024. Remember, the b2bincubator.com. Apply now so you don't miss out. We've had B2B marketing managers, CMOs, marketers in demand roles, and content leads and more all go through this program and they're currently executing the demand strategy that they created in it. Again, make sure you check out the b2bincubator.com and apply now to start driving more demand and more revenue for your brand. Okay, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the B2B Playbook Podcast. Each week, we discuss strategies and tactics to help B2B businesses grow online. We're your hosts, Kevin and George, a couple of digital marketing professionals. We've waded through the noise and made the mistakes so you don't have to. The B2B world has changed and you need to put your customers at the heart of your marketing. We'll cover how you can use our framework, the five Bs, to create a brand that customers are ready to buy from, love and advocate for. We'll get insights from successful people in the industry and cover the latest trends to keep you on the cutting edge of the B2B world. If you're interested in B2B marketing strategies and tactics that work, then this podcast is for you. Subscribe to get the latest from the B2B playbook first. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. Welcome back to the B2B Playbook. Listeners, today we are talking about how you can get 20 times more eyeballs on your content without creating more content or using ads to boost it. Kev, it's all about content repurposing, which we've spoken about before, but we're doing an advanced version this time, and we're doing it in season four of the B2B Playbook. Kev, what is season four all about? Well, George, season four, as you know, and our listeners hopefully know, is Be Better. So Be Better is the fourth B in our five Bs framework. And the first three Bs, we prepped you to deeply understand your customers, to start creating content that is truly helpful to them, 
and start to build a relationship of trust with them online through that content. In BC, in the third B, we showed you how to amplify your helpful content to the right people and therefore accelerate your growth. And in this season, Be Better, we're talking about optimizing your B2B marketing workflow. Now that you have all those fundamentals in place, how can small marketing teams with limited resources that need to punch above their weight do so and to really get the attention of their dream customers? That's it, Kev. And the reason we're addressing this again in Be Better is, look, we found that the most efficient and powerful way to create content that really resonates and is constantly and consistently on message is content repurposing. What's content repurposing, Kev? It's taking a pillar piece of content like a video podcast, like the B2B Playbook, for example, and then chopping it up into little segments and different formats so it can become socials for YouTube. You can put it on TikTok. It can become the foundation of your LinkedIn posts. It can become a blog. The blog can become a newsletter and so on and so forth. And as we said, Kev, we covered this and be helpful, but hopefully you've settled into a good rhythm of content repurposing. And this episode, we're going to cover it again, but we want to talk about how to take it to the next level. But before we jump into that, let's talk about why it's important. So marketers and small teams are so strapped for time and resources. We know that you have limited access to subject matter experts to help create content as well. At the same time, you need your dream customers to see your content if they're going to trust you and to start forming that relationship of trust with your brand and eventually buy from you. So that's where advanced content marketing So that's where advanced content repurposing comes in. It can take that expert podcast or blog that you've written already or that you've had the chance to do before, which maybe only got 50 downloads or 50 views and then get 20 times the eyeballs on that same piece of content with not a huge amount of extra lift. The good news, listeners, is that much of the repurposing process can be outsourced or you can even use the AI tools that we've talked about in previous episodes to help you do it faster. All right, Kev. Look, it's clearly very important. And listeners, we're going to take you through three really key things today. The first, we're going to remind you about what content repurposing is. We're going to show you how we do it in our business as an example. Second, we're going to give you tips on how to level up your content repurposing so you can get the most impact on each channel. So this is more of an advanced way of doing it. And finally, we're going to show you how you can scale this process and outsource it with virtual assistants or insource it with. All right, let's kick off, Kevin, with what is content repurposing? Kev, what is it? Tell me. Well, it's about starting with that pillar piece of content, as we mentioned before, that's done by subject matter experts or in conjunction with them. And it should be one that you create on a regular cadence and then chopping it up and using various different parts of it to create all the content that you need. So one example for us, we film our video podcast once a week. And from that we get, and listeners, if you're watching, or viewers rather, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see on the whiteboard there, we have that pillar piece of podcast, webinar, event, whatever it might be for us. It's the video podcast right at the top there. And we start splitting it up. We get a 40 minute or so podcast from it. We get a 40 minute or so YouTube video from it, which is just the video version of that podcast with some tweaks for the video format, like this whiteboard is. And then we also get 12 or so YouTube shorts where we cut up different really important points within that podcast and we put them in a short for easy consumption as well. Obviously, then we can turn those and repurpose those again into TikToks for those of our audience who are using that platform instead. 
And we also get 12 LinkedIn posts from that. Each of those points that we've really chopped up, we can do another post about that same topic on LinkedIn because as you know, listeners, not everyone is on the same platform in your audience. So maybe some of our very lovely listeners is in fact mostly on LinkedIn and not listeners at all. So we make sure we service that segment of our audience as well. And we'll often turn some of those key ideas into articles as well. So we might get around three pieces of written content from a particular pillar piece of content the podcast in this case as well and we also do a newsletter as some of you might know we do a newsletter and again we repurpose some of those ideas and really call them out in the newsletter for those who just follow us through the email subscription and we can do all this and we're able to do it without it being our full-time job. And that's the key part of all this, isn't it, George, is really content purposing there is to help. The purpose there is to help us get on top of the content creation process. And that's without outsourcing it, Kev. So look, this whole content creation repurposing process for you and I takes us like around eight hours a week. It used to be four and a half. We haven't got worse, we promise. We've just added in YouTube and newsletters into the mix. So it takes us a little bit longer, but once we start to outsource that process, I'm sure we can bring so much of that right back down, Kevin. Kevin and I are also lunatics. We have chosen to create our pillar piece of content every single week. Now, do we need to even have like our pillar content every week, Kev? It's probably overkill, probably not, but we're doing it because we've dedicated to sharing our 5 Beats framework over 100 episodes. But for you listeners... Probably like once a month is probably enough for your pillar piece of content. So even if you're not outsourcing anything, can you spare eight hours a month for your whole content engine to drive and thrive? I think you probably can. I think you can. And Kev, the benefits are massive, right? Because content repurposing, it makes you look so much bigger than you really are. We're just two blokes sitting behind our laptops and the amount of content that we can pump out is huge. It's up there with some really large organizations. It also creates a highly efficient content creation system that actually gets seen by a lot of people. So because we're not just focusing on creating content all the time, but we're focusing on repurposing and distributing it, that means that we care about whether or not that content was seen, just not whether or not it was created. And that's a key part that so many marketers miss, Kevin, is they just try and stick to their schedule of create a blog post a month, do this once a month, do that once a month. But they don't spend that time actually distributing and repurposing that content to be distributed so it gets seen by our dream customers. And finally, Kevin, content repurposing makes sure that your message is repeated in different formats, in different places, and repetition of the same message is absolutely essential in marketing. Yeah, I think that's one that we really struggle with when we started content repurposing. I would often question and, you know, we'd have discussions about this, George, whether repeating the same content over and over again was actually helping our audience. But we started to realize that a lot of our audiences come into contact with us only through one or two of these channels. So we're not actually repeating the message that many times to the vast majority of our audience. And even if we were, as you said, Repetition of a message is essential in marketing and so very important in this day and age when there's a real lack of attention. Social media just goes out of your head very quickly. Even with saving posts, certain ideas 
are hot today and are gone tomorrow. And so when you're repeating certain messages, even a week later, it's really bringing back to the fore something that's very important and that should be repeated. That's such a great point, Kevin. People like to consume information in different ways, in different places. And the reality is people need to hear the same idea or concept at least a few times for it to stick in there. All right, folks, quick breather here. In my time in B2B marketing, generally I've come to realize that there are just certain tools that can be an absolute game changer. And that's why I'm really excited to talk about Leadfeeder. Uh, it's a tool that helps you cut through the data and turn those website visitors into solid leads and opportunities for your business. Leadfeeder shows you which companies are checking out your site, tracking their behavior, and it integrates all of this with your CRM. And the result is it's basically like a secret weapon for targeted lead engagement, and it really makes it easier for your team to convert website traffic into sales. Head to leadfeeder.com, give it a free demo, and you'll also get a free extended premium trial when you let the rep know that you found out about Leadfeeder through the B2B Playbook podcast. That's leadfeeder.com. Okay, check it out. Back to the show. Brian. Obviously, the more creatively you tell or convey that information to someone, probably the more receptive they're going to be to you. But we do still need to have those multiple touch points to try and take up some of that valuable real estate in their brain with the information we're trying to get in there. All right, Kev, let's look at how we actually do this. And listeners, if you want to check out our YouTube channel, again, we have a little diagram that I've painstakingly drawn Kevin I don't know what you think of my art skills <laughs> perhaps they leave a little bit to be desired but Kevin I will have you know that I have several people reach out to me on LinkedIn and tell me that they like my drawings so yeah maybe it's because it reminds them of a simpler time in, uh, <laughs> in their childhood <laughs> nostalgia Kevin that's a powerful marketing yeah. leave it a pull nostalgia is very powerful I certainly appreciate your efforts <laughs> I appreciate and applaud your efforts oh very good all right how we do it first of all that first step like we said look we record our video podcast that's Kevin and I at the beginning we've pre-written a whole lot of show notes and talking points that we want to cover and we record it with video. So that's our pillar piece of content. And from there, the repurposing journey begins. We use a tool called Descript, which is a fantastic tool that allows us to create a effectively a 40-minute YouTube video because we like to release the long format of the podcast in video format too. And Descript makes it really easy for us to slice in multiple camera angles to bring in graphics like my beautiful graphics I've drawn here. We then duplicate that video that we've done and we're still in Descript and we rip that audio in Descript to create the podcast. Um, but of course, like the introduction and the outro that we've created for the podcast is going to be really different to the YouTube video because when it's visual, like you've got to be able to keep people hooked. When you guys are listening to us on the podcast, we know that you're probably driving, you're washing dishes. So we don't need to be as attention grabby. We don't need to be changing scenes. We don't need to fight as hard to keep your attention. We just have to focus on providing really good information and hopefully we don't annoy you and switch us off. But YouTube is a little different. And so we've got to do things like change that intro and that outro. Kev, we've also created templates for each format in Descript, and I'm just showing that on the video again, what our templates look like. So then it's really easy for us to duplicate that and turn the video podcast into our YouTube shorts, into TikToks, into our LinkedIn, 
like little video extracts as well. That's it, listeners. We don't want to be repeating very manual work. So one of the things that we do in this process is try and make as many of these things as automated as possible and easy to reapply to a different week, a different episode. Kev, the transcript is also very easily pulled from the script. So it's really good at turning our our voices into words on a piece of paper. It comes out like a Word doc and the transcript that you get from it is really good. And so we can then turn that into extended show notes. We can post that transcript on our website, which we do. And we can also use the contents of whatever we said into LinkedIn posts. Sometimes Kevin says something that's really smart and I'm like, oh, I wish I said that. But rather than claiming credit for it, I can just take his words, reformat them into a LinkedIn post and pretend that I'm Kevin and I said some really smart things. (laughs) And then Kev, once we get those LinkedIn posts, we look at which ones performed really well, which ones got the most engagement. And then we go, oh, that's a really good topic to turn into an article because people clearly care about it. I don't think I've even mentioned, Kevin, here, the fact that we turn this into a newsletter as well, which is really a summary of the best of our content. But Hopefully, this gives you guys a good indicator as to how Kevin and I are doing it yourself. And I think you nailed the key thing there, Kevin. It's really about trying to turn it into a process for it to be as efficient as possible because you're going to be doing the same thing again and again. And you want to make it easier the second time you do it from when you did it the first time. Yeah, and you've got there in the diagram, George, uh, you can outsource uh, most of it. So we've indicated that. At the moment, we do it all ourselves because we love doing a lot of this stuff and it helps us learn as well. But it will certainly get to a point where we'll look to, once we've nailed down the processes, it'll certainly get to a point where we'll also look to outsource different parts of this repurposing process. And we'll always be the ones making that video podcast right at the beginning, but obviously a lot of the work from there to do the repurposing can be outsourced and probably should be outsourced at some point. So listeners, you can see this is very much a process that you can outsource very easily. I think another thing to mention, George, is that we track all this in a Google sheet for each episode. So it's actually quite easy for people who aren't very tech savvy or who aren't very deep into the weeds with all the different platforms and tools you can use to actually keep on top of it and to make it a very successful content repurposing process. It's very easy to do. We do this in a Google Sheet, as I said, and we end up with that 20x number of eyeballs on our content just from that repurposing alone. And if we obviously just created the podcast, we wouldn't be getting anywhere near the amount of exposure we're getting now. All right, Kevin, let's look at how we take this content repurposing to the next level. And look, we're going to start with the problem, which is people are getting into this content repurposing thing. We're seeing it more and more from companies, from creators, and really people were starting with things like video podcasts. And what they were doing is they were just taking video snippets from their long form content, posting them on social media. And look, initially that did get some attention, but as with marketing, as with getting people's attention When so many other people are doing it, the competition is intense and you've got to do something to make your content feel perhaps a bit more platform native, something to really get the attention of those dream customers who are on that platform. So, you know, that boring 
long format video podcast that you did that you just took a little clip, you put some headline text over the top and then you let it sit there for two and a half to three minutes. That doesn't work anymore. Like that, that just people just scroll right past. We don't care about that anymore because there's too much of that out there. So how are we taking it to the next level, Kevin? What we said is we need to make our content feel more platform native. So for example, social content like on YouTube Shorts, if you're posting a video on LinkedIn, on TikTok, it needs to have a great hook. It needs to change scenes quickly. It needs to be short. It needs to be snappy because in the context of that platform, that's what the other really great content is doing and you are competing with that other great content. You're not just competing with your competitors, right? Like we're not just competing with other B2B marketers. We're competing with everyone who's trying to get our dream customer's attention, whether they're trying to sell them dog food or collagen or whatever it is, we're competing with all those people. So we need to up our production game. We realized, Kev, that YouTube video, that's going to have better visuals. We, again, we need to change scenes, even though it's like a 40 minute video clip. It's great if we have multicam. So we've introduced like a few different camera angles. And of course, as we touched on earlier, you've got to have a separate intro and outro because we've got to have a good hook and it's got to be visual. Our podcast didn't have that. That's it, George. Listeners, the easy way to take your content repurposing to the next level is to start adapting your content specific to each channel that you use and add little things in your process to make it more specific to each channel. So as George mentioned before, we start with the video podcast and then we create different things to make it more suitable for YouTube or socials. Things like the little drawings that he does, things like pull-ups of screenshots because they're great as visual aids when the medium is video and it's on YouTube or TikTok. Otherwise, it's just like me and George's heads talking all the time, (laughs) which is not great and it gets boring pretty quickly. Uh, And as mentioned before, he's got a different camera angle that he can cut in between as well. And we start to record different intro outros and asking people to obviously like and subscribe on YouTube. That makes sense there, but that won't make sense on a podcast or TikTok. So things really need to be adapted to channel specific things. And again, you can, and we'll talk about this next, but you can get channel experts to do some of this work for you as you scale as well. Kevin, thank you for the kind words about my drawings. Actually, I don't know if you said nice things about it, but you just mentioned it. So thank you for mentioning and acknowledging it. All right, now we're on to the third point that we wanted to make in this episode, Kev, which is how to scale this by outsourcing or insourcing. So outsourcing is getting someone external to your business to help. Insourcing is finding things or tools or people internally to help. So Kev, because you've created the pillar content, you're not actually losing value if you get other people to help you repurpose it. Now, there's a big difference, listeners and viewers, between Kevin and I recording an episode on this content repurposing process versus just hiring a freelancer to write an article about it. Kevin and I actually have the experience. People trust our voice. People trust our face. We have stories. We have pains to share around trying to do this process for ourselves and our clients. So it's really different when you put the effort into that pillar content. But once we've actually recorded that pillar content and we know what it's going to be, you can document step-by-step the repurposing process to actually get help where you need it. 
So it's the outsourcing and the insourcing is where you can get help with your content because they can help with all that repurposing stuff if you start with the experts from that original pillar piece of content. Yeah, that's a very important point, George. There's a lot of benefits to you creating the pillar content, making sure that it's subject matter experts talking in that pillar piece of content. Because as we know, there's a lot of benefits, SEO or otherwise, or just building that trust with your brand and our faces in this case, with being the face of that pillar piece of content. It really grounds that knowledge that everything else is based on. All the rest of the content is on true expertise and true helpful content. But as you said, George, once you have recorded it, it's a very simple process to then just document in written step-by-step instructions on how to do the repurposing part. So the key here is try and get it to a point where those step-by-step instructions is so simple that a dummy could follow it and to help you repurpose certain parts of the original piece of content. You can outsource this to an agency, as we mentioned before. You can also do this with a virtual assistant and the instructions are good enough and they can really help you with everything from video editing to the posting. You can even get a freelancer to help turn your podcast into articles as well. But just make sure that it's still based on expert content. All the different pieces that come out is based on expert content. You might want to build into that process a review step where you go through everything before it goes out to make sure it's still aligned. But again, you can still outsource 80 to 90% of that process. And the goal really is to outsource as much as possible here. I think, George, we could get our content creation and repurposing time to down to maybe two to three hours a week, including that hour of recording and just spend time on the parts that nobody else can do. The rest of your time that really drives the business forward. So for us, that's George engaging with people on LinkedIn or different platforms that we're in. For me, maybe it's about exploring different topics that we really want our listeners to hear about next. Those are the sort of things that no one else in your business can really do or outside your business can do it's even little things kevin like if we know that our content is going to be repurposed to each of these channels could actually spend a little bit of time figuring out and understanding each of these channels a little bit better like figuring out what hooks work better for tiktok versus youtube shorts what keeps great retention across long format videos on youtube and really starting to get into the intricacies of each of these platforms and then just building in a process so we might look at our YouTube videos, Kev, and go, oh, look, at around 15 minutes in, on average, like half of our audience stops watching. Well, then all of a sudden we could go, oh, maybe we need to just introduce like a new segment or do something to hold people's attention at that 15 minute mark. Okay, what's that going to be? And then we introduce that into our show. That become, then becomes part of the show and we're addressing that problem. We're fixing it and we move on. So absolutely, Kev, got to focus on those business outcomes. And listeners, I can't encourage you enough to please document this process. I personally have an aversion to documenting, but Kevin has taught me (laughs) how important it is. And it really has to be documented for a dummy. Kevin has documented like all the processes in our business, even like the financial side of things. And Kevin, I'm a bit ashamed to admit, but even when I have to look at paying wages and super, I still go back to your how-to notes and I follow it step by step. And my God, I'm so glad that they are there. And it's something that I do monthly, Kevin, but I still go back and look at the notes. So listeners, please 
write your notes for an idiot like me. Well, George, um, maybe not giving yourself enough credit there. I think everyone needs some notes. That's the point of the notes, listeners. It's to help you when you don't remember everything, when you have a million other things to do and you did something a month ago or a week ago even. That's what the notes are there for. And notes for ourselves when we feel like a dummy on the next day uh, or the next time we do something. Well, listeners, the next point here is you can also insource some of this process too. So using AI tools like ChatGPT, you can do things like feed your transcript into a tool like that and ask it to create a LinkedIn post of maybe three ideas from a particular uh, piece of the transcript and maybe also generate three article ideas from that same transcript as well. Now, the problem here, listeners, that we touched on in a previous episode is you can't fully rely on the output yet. So there's obviously shortcomings with the output from these tools, and you really need to have a process in place to fact check it, to make sure it's still relevant, and maybe to tweak some or most of it in order to get it to where you like it to be. You definitely won't save as much but you definitely still save some amount of time, just not the same as currently if you outsource the whole process to maybe a human on the other side doing it. Yeah, AI can definitely help supplement this process, but I guess the other way of insourcing Kev is you just hopefully you get another person in your marketing team that you can shift some of this onto. Even then, look, we would really encourage you trying to document this process, whether you're insourcing and outsourcing, it's probably cheaper for the business if you actually outsource a lot of this process and free up you know, the other marketer in your team to work on things that drive the business forward. All right, Kev, key takeaways for today, what were they? Well, the first one, listeners, is content repurposing is a secret weapon for small marketing teams. When done right, it's extremely effective in making sure that your expert content is being seen by as many dream customers as possible. Second, you can level up your content repurposing by preparing elements in advance to be used for specific channels, like a different intro or outro or more interesting visual elements. And finally, the goal here is to outsource as much of it as possible. So make sure that you turn it into a repeatable process that you can document and hand off to somebody else. Very good, Kevin. Listeners and viewers, you can find links to everything that we discussed in the show notes. And Kevin and I are just so grateful that each week, more and more marketers are tuning in every Monday to the B2B playbook, both the podcast and the YouTube. And if we could ask one thing, it would be to please leave us a short review on whatever platform it is that you are consuming this on, or do us one better and pass it on to someone who you think would get value from the show. It's a huge help to us and we'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, listeners. Take care and see you next week. Thanks, George. Thanks, listeners. See you all next week. A quick note before you go, listeners, you can find more great content and get in touch with us at theb2bplaybook.com. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and our newsletter while you're there to get the latest news, tips, and resources from our playbook. We'll be back the same day and same time with another episode next week. Thanks for tuning in to the B2B Playbook. Remember, successful B2B marketing starts with the buyer. 